Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined as usual by... Pierce. Hey, guys. Hey, and welcome back to our Netflix series, where we discuss a movie that you can watch right now on Netflix Instant, and we talk about it in three sections. Pierce, isn't that right? I guess, yes. What's the first one? Uh, non-spoiler? We talk about it in a mostly spoiler-free, pretty much nothing you wouldn't know from the back of the box or from watching the first 20 minutes of the movie. Then we talk about it in our second section, which is... Things that are similar. Uh, other movies, books, uh, songs that makes us think of, video games, either something that the movie makes us think of, or that when we experience that other media, it makes us think of this movie that we might recommend or not recommend. And what's the third and final section? Spoilers! <laughs> spoilers! We talk full spoilers in the final section of the episode. So let's get it started. This episode, we're talking the 1986 John Carpenter film, Big Trouble in Little China, starring Kurt Russell and a host of other people. Mm-hmm. So I first saw this movie about three months ago. I'm not big on the 80s action movie. I think our listeners will know that about me. It's just not generally my thing. Mm. But I was bored one night and I watched this and I really enjoyed it because it's a ridiculous 80s action movie that knows it's a ridiculous 80s yeah, exactly. action movie and turns that into a joke and makes fun of itself um, and is very self-aware. Goofy, awfully confusing. There yes. are way too many factions in this movie. <laughs> that no, said... There's only, there's only two. Well, there's like seven, but different people work for each other. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get into that. Pierce, I know you've seen this movie before, though. Yeah, I mean, just on TV. So yeah, I feel like several of our Netflix movies I've just happened to see on TV... Obviously makes very, for very toned down versions, especially like when we watched Breakfast Club. I think that was very toned down on television. But yeah. So. Uh, spoilers for a future episode because Breakfast Club will be later than this. Oh, but really? We will be talking Breakfast oh, Club. I didn't know the order there. I assumed at this point in time Breakfast Club would be up. But all right. All right. Cool. So never mind. Uh, you can look forward to that one. It's yeah, exactly. Movie. Yeah. So and, and my dad, you know, was, was one of the people that. Likes this movie. He likes this. And well, I thought I, he didn't like it when we had that discussion. Didn't he? I thought he thought it was a stupid movie, or maybe that was just your mom. That was no, that was my mom because it, that was was that the whole conversation where my dad was like, "Yeah," and then I made your mom watch Buckaroo Banzai, and that was <laughs> a waste of her life too. Yes, yes, uh, which was directed by the writer of this movie. Yeah, exactly. Yes, because um, I know he also likes, and we'll get into it in the second portion. But my dad also likes, you know, the Escape from movies. So, yeah, I think he just likes Kurt Russell. So, yeah, I knew about this movie. I have a bunch of friends who like it. So I I was definitely familiar with it. But there was definitely, yeah, once you watch it on Netflix, there's more. You're like, oh, that wasn't on TV. And neither was that. Although I can't imagine there would have to be much stuff they'd have to cut. There's no nudity. There's very little language. There's some. uh, And some of it's time. And very little blood. No, and and I don't think any of it really was for violence. I, you know, when they use the F word, I think you know, obviously they cut that. But I think most of it was just cut for time and stuff like that. So, so let's talk about this in our spoiler-free section yeah. here. Uh, our hero, ostensibly, our protagonist at least, is Jack Burton, played by Kurt Russell, yep. who is a truck driver and an idiot. 
Um, nothing against yeah. self-drivers. He personally is an I, idiot, I though. wouldn't say innately idiot, just super self-absorbed. Like, self-absorbed, unable to see him pass himself. Um, in this movie, he's really the sidekick who thinks he's the hero. Yeah. Um, so the, And we were just talking about this before. This is one of those movies that's told from a one-person-over perspective. Kind of a second-person second, second uh, person perspective. Yeah, exactly. Like the adventures of Huck Finn, but... I, would, I was going to say less racist, but I don't know if you could necessarily say that's true. I don't um, think this was less racist. It was I racist mean, to a different group. I and still... It was lovingly racist? Like, it was... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It I wasn't think it was, trying to be, certain. No, I, I think it was... It's I just, think it was respectful of the culture. It's just dated now. Yes, it's very dated, and, and I think that's the thing. It's campy. So, you know, you can't really say anything that's campy is... is you know, really reverent of a culture kind of thing. But, yeah. So I don't think it was meaning to be racist, like Huck Finn, so. (laughs) So he, I don't know if I'd say Huck Finn was trying to be racist. It was also just a product of its time. Well, yeah, a commentary on, yeah, um, exactly. Regardless, we're not here to discuss racism, thankfully. We could do that if we ever watched Breakfast at Tiffany's, because I just saw that the other day, and holy cow, (laughs) that is uncomfortable. But... (laughs) Aside from Mickey Rooney in in mm. Asian face, um, <laughs> well, I figured that was the most uh, PC way to say that. But so he, uh, Jack Burton, is a truck driver who rolls into San Francisco yeah. uh, on a job. He's um, he's a gambler. He's an alcoholic, arguably, and he is gambling with a bunch of Asian guys. That he he at least knows one of them. Yeah, well, and I, we say Asian, but the, the, I think pretty much Chinese. everybody in the movie is supposed to be Chinese, even though the actors are from like from, anyone. Yeah, I was about to say like any Hollywood movie, they're from any part of Asia. And if you just want to call them Chinese for this movie, well, then they're Chinese. Yeah. Whereas, and I think I, yeah, I think moving forward, we just say Chinese for, for this movie. Yes, it's very Chinese mysticism and and focused on that culture and in Chinatown. So there's that in Chinatown, absolutely. Well, no, and we. Should say that this is not how the movie starts. Oh, that's true. It's, it starts with an old gentleman at a lawyer's office named Egg. Yes, uh, being told you're telling his version of the story. The lawyer doesn't believe him that there was all this mysticism going on, and he basically tells him we need to find Jack Burton. He says Jack Burton saved the city. You leave Jack Burton alone. Then we go to Jack Burton in his taxi cab, ranting taxi cab into his truck, yeah. <laughs> uh, ranting over the CB radio about. Whatever. Yeah. He's, he's a ranter. He wants people to know his opinions. He's one of those type of people. He's a lonely truck driver. Yeah. And uh, so, so then he's gambling with a bunch of Chinese men, at least one of which he knows. Um, at first he's losing, then he finds a way to double or nothing and win that back. And so the whole rest of the movie, his only real motivation is, I just need to get this guy's girlfriend back for him because once the girlfriend's back, then he'll have money. Yeah. And, and he'll be able to pay me what he owes me. I think that's half of it. I think he does. He definitely wants his money. I, I think if there's any other motivation for him in this movie, aside from just not dying, it's way less than half. I would say I would. I'm willing to say fifty fifty. What, what are the, what are his other motivations? Okay, one other motivation is, and we'll get, get to her character, but Gracie. Uh, we can get into that with the spoiler section. Yes. But giving the ending, I wouldn't say so. Uh, okay, you know, hit it and quit it is a thing. I don't even think. I think he just quit it. <laughs> well, let's save this for the for the spoiler section. He slightly, but. slightly, slightly hit it. But anyway. <laughs> he nudged it. He nudged, nudged it and quit, quit it. Uh, that's a motivation. His second motivation, I would say, is honestly helping his friend. But I w- he only wants to help him, so the guy will pay him back. I see. I don't see that. I see. He definitely wanted the money. I would say it's. I would say it's thirty percent the money. Thirty. Thirty. No, hear me out. Thirty percent the money. Fifty percent helping his friend, twenty percent 
the girl. I'll say 70% getting the money, 30%, no, 29% not dying, maybe <laughs> half a percent helping his quote-unquote friend and half a percent getting the girl. Maybe. Seriously? Seriously. Maybe, yes. I completely He's agree. not self-aware enough to have other motivations than I just want to he, have my then money. We were clearly drunk. watching different movies here. No. <laughs> You're giving this character <laughs> way too much credit. He he wants this money from his friend, so his friend's like, oh, I'll have the money as soon as we pick up my girlfriend from the airport. Mm-hmm. And that's where things go crazy. They go to the airport to pick up the girlfriend. There's a 1980s Asian gang who show up with weird sunglasses. <laughs> they start a fight in the middle like, of the airport. Like one's not even sunglasses. It's just like little... It's like, like frog eyes. Yeah, it's like a little slit bar thing. It's like Sonic is... the Hedgehog's eyes. If you yeah. made them into sunglasses. Yeah, it's They're so weird. weird. Kind of the Warriors slash How just a Warriors. weird 80s tech gang. Oh, I forgot about that. We gotta... Alright, that's what I'm gonna say in the second portion, because I love that <laughs> movie. So they kidnap the girlfriend, and they meet this lawyer, Gracie Law, played by Kim Cattrall. Ostensibly the female love interest in the movie. Kind of. Ish. And... Then they're just assaulted by gang after gang. Mm-hmm. Lo Pan is showing up, who's this magical old Chinese man who's half ghost, yeah, half, half curse, half, half whatever. deity thing. And Lo Pan has not kidnapped... He didn't originally kidnap the girlfriend. The get, girlfriend was kidnapped by his people, but for their own means. So then he kidnaps yeah, her just, from his own people. They're just like, hey, look, a hot girl, we can sell her. Like, and because she has green eyes... And so here's the thing. Girlfriend's Chinese and has green eyes, which I guess is pretty rare. Apparently. I've never done a study on the eye colors in, in Chinese heritage, but presumably green's pretty rare. If he can marry, find and marry a girl with green eyes, then he can become mortal again and rule the world. Because he's technically dead, it's complicated. Yeah. But Kim Cattrall also has green eyes. She's not Chinese, but he thinks that's going to work just as well, too. Yeah. So if that was never a problem, why not just find any old girl with green eyes, go to Ireland or Scotland, well, one, he couldn't take your pick? Oh, he, was he stuck in San Francisco? Uh, so, all right. I feel but like no, no, because he's been, he's been in the state since, like, 200 B.C. No, no, no. Uh, so, all right. I... I'm going to save that for the spoiler portion. Okay. I feel like that's very, okay, okay. that's very spoiler. So basically, the rest of the movie is Jack Burton, I wouldn't even say leading, following, stumbling, and, exactly. and being confused by a group of Chinese men who are trying to help uh, Wang Chi, who, who's, who's his main friend, trying to help them get the girlfriend back out of Lopan's clutches, and just getting weirder and weirder and weirder mm-hmm. and weirder. This movie is basically, Kurt Russell is confused by things repeatedly. <laughs> And it's hilarious. Like, don't get me wrong. All my all my confusion about this movie, it's nothing against it. It It's purposefully confusing, I think, to put you in the same role as Jack Burton. Yeah. And, and also I, have him knocked out, incapacitated, sidelined for every fight, pretty much. And let everybody else handle everything. Because, like we said, he's basically the sidekick. He just thinks he's the hero of this movie. Yeah. I'm trying to f- figure out the name of what, what the character's called that doesn't know things. It's the something knight. I don't know. Check out t- TV Tropes. So he's just confused he, and yeah. he's just uh, Yeah, which, and I think that's something that you and I were talking about before, and I don't know if we want to switch it to the the spoiler portion for it, but the, the idea of a, of a reactive hero. Yeah, he, he's not proactive about anything. Things happen around him, and he reacts to them, normally with confusion. <laughs> yeah. Um, or just, be, he's just perplexed by everything. Everything is confusing to him and confusing to the audience as well because just weird nonsense is happening exactly. in the movie. And everyone around him for the most part acts like this is perfectly normal. They're just all aware of it and this is just how things work in yeah. Chinatown. So, 
and and I, I really like that too because it's not one of those so yeah it just throws a lot of things at you and expects you to get it but I think that's the whole point of it is that yeah you're just supposed to get it but the main character doesn't get it either so this is exactly who we want you to identify with so you're fine with it yeah you don't so when you mind. have the, the storms who are the three heavies of Lopan yeah. who are like his Super Saiyan Warriors or whatever, his Power Rangers. Pretty much, yeah. Um, his evil Power Rangers and giant and, hats. Yeah, straw hats. Um, who can fly and do have, flips. Yeah, and, and stupid weapons. Uh, some of them. Some of them have swords. Um, no, the dude with swords in the beginning had back scratchers. Yes. Like, <laughs> Which he didn't use. He just kind of held them. <laughs> Intimidatingly. Yes. So have we talked about this as much as we can without spoiling without it, really, probably? Yeah. Okay, so let's go into our recommendations portion. Mm. Pierce, what uh, what media does this make you think of, or do you think of when you read, play, listen to, watch that okay. other, other stuff? So there's, there's, a, there's a scale here for bad 80s movies, okay? And are we so, calling this a bad 80s movie? I call it a good 80s movie. Well, I think... Goofy is all get out, I but think, knows I that. think that's it. Like, when I say bad 80s movie, I don't mean like a movie... It, we wouldn't be talking about it if it was so bad like that. It knows it's bad, and that's the point. Right, I mean, and you, you kind of like so bad it's good movies. I love extent, camp. I love and camp. I don't. Generally, if it's so bad it's good, I don't want to watch it. I mean, I've seen yeah. Troll 2. It's weird. You've um, seen what? Troll 2. I don't know what Troll 2 it's, is. It's known as the worst movie ever made... No, I thought that was Manos. Hands of Fate? No, no, no. Um, Which I wanted to die. There's a documentary... I wanted to die. <laughs> there's a documentary called... What is the documentary called? Well, we, Pierce and I, we have the luxury today of having yes. two iPads. We each have our own iPad in front of us. He has his and I have yes. my sister's. There's a documentary about Troll 2 called Best Worst Movie. Okay. Which I watched first and then I watched Troll 2. Um, which is very interesting, but it is just a bad movie. <laughs> Okay. It is, it is, well, let's put it this way. It's called Troll 2. No trolls in it. There's not a single troll in the movie. There's goblins all over the place. There's, there's no, no trolls. trolls. No trolls. Like, do they even point out that there's no trolls? I don't think so, no. Okay. Well, it's how do you know the goblins, goblins aren't trolls? Like, they call them goblins? They specifically call them goblins. The town they're in is called Nilbog, which is goblin spelled backwards. <laughs> and there's no connection to the first movie. It was directed by an Italian director who pretty much didn't speak English. And just wanted them to do things louder and more exuberantly. Um, so please tell me, like, as, as they film scenes, it just got louder and louder and louder. <laughs> no, no. But the, the dialogue in the movie is just atrocious. Like, it is some of the worst. Uh, it, that's a completely different discussion. But okay, so I'm not a so bad it's good person. You do like that kind of stuff. But this movie is not that. It's, it's purposefully ridiculous. Well, and I think that's, that's kind of exactly it. So what are the, what are the movies right, so that you have? Here's the scale. If you... Of the 80s, and I might get the the years wrong here, but if you want to get more serious... That late 80s to early 90s yeah. period so if, of the if 80s. you want the next step up in seriousness and a little bit less camp, it'd be the Escape from Movies. Escape from New York. It's essentially remake because it's the same plot structure, Escape really from is. L.A. Yeah. Um, it has one good thing in that movie, and that's the Jaws joke. I, I do yeah. like Escape from New York, though. It's a goofy movie, but it's... But exactly, but it's, there, it's a little bit more action-y. Also John Carpenter, I believe. Yes, yeah. I believe so. And Kurt Russell. Yes, of course. So Snake Plissken. That's, yeah. That's the next step up. And then the next step up from that, if you want just more like straight action, but still the same gangy feel of the 80s and whatnot, it'd be Warriors. Come out so, and play. Exactly. I say that all the time. But anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so 
the Warriors would kind of be that real end cap where, where you still get some campiness, but I, I think that's just because it's dated. So, like, when the main guy who's trying to unify the mobs of New York is all like, can you dig it? <laughs> like, you you cringe, but then you're like, yeah, I guess it was the 80s coming out of the 70s, and that makes sense. But So that would be the, the better end of that, but it's still a really good movie. Then you have the, the more campy where you have my mother's least favorite movie of all time, and that's Buckaroo Banzai and the whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai in the 24th century? and a half. Well, no, 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 no. I'm confusing two different movies here. Buckaroo yeah. Banzai isn't... It's the that. something and a half... Something. Dimension or something. Yeah, in the eighth in the eighth dimension, I think. Or Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, which is linked right from uh, the Wikipedia article because it's... Um, like I said, uh, written uh, directed by the writer yeah. of uh, of this movie, but it's the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across, across the, the eighth, eighth dimension. dimension. Yeah, which I've also seen, didn't enjoy as much, but it's interesting. But see, that's the thing. Like that re- is purposely so much more camp, and you also don't realize uh, this iPad thing. If we pause more, it's because we're looking stuff up. How many people are in this? Oh, Buckaroo Banzai had a great cast. Like, there's a ton of really good actors in that movie. And why is the image of Christopher Lloyd an old black and white photo from when he was a teenager? Because that's the public domain image they have access to. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Also, he looks felt. <laughs> yeah, I guess because now he just looks really old. So, yeah, it's it's really got that... What do you mean now? He's looked really old for the last 40 years. <laughs> I was say, Don't get me wrong, thinking... guy's hilarious, but he's always looked like an old man. I was about to say, now thinking back to... What's it called? Um... Back yeah, to the Future. Back to the Future. Which, uh, to be fair, he's in old age makeup for some of that. That but. is true. Now, let me also say with that, unrelated to anything but Rick and Morty. The Adventures of Rick and Morty. Yeah, which is, in case anyone hasn't heard of it by this point in time, it's Back to the Future if Doc was an incredibly abusive alcoholic and just didn't care about the I don't know if you've seen it at all. Uh, clips. Okay, I've watched the first several episodes. Some of it's a little dark. But other times, it's just like, yeah, this is exactly what Back to the Future probably would be if Doc was a loner that just drank all the time. So, anyway, back to... And then the next step after Buckaroo Banzai, if you just want, you know, horribleness, is Mystery Science Theater 3000. I would... That's not a movie. That's... I mean, I know there were were movies, but that's them picking on... Not picking on, but making fun of movies. And I think... and Is there a specific one you had in mind, or just in general? No, just in general. So, like... If you want that campiness, I it it because all those movies are just bad, like straight up bad. I think it it has that, but then the element that the you know the riff tracks add to it kind of bring it in, and that's why in my mind I associate it with on that scale because it's still those really bad movies, but it's making fun of it at the same time. Does that make sense? Uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So. Um, so some examples I would have, I would agree with most of yours. I've, yeah. I've seen most of the things you mentioned, if not all of them. Um, I, I, you have a much stronger knowledge base of Mr. Science, Mr. Science Theater than I do. Unfortunately, yes. But um, I would also mention Shoot 'Em Up. Okay. Another New very things, yeah. self-aware action movie, which is essentially live-action Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd, right down to, I think the, the villain even says, you're a wascally rabbit several times, and Clive Owen, who plays the hero, is constantly eating carrots. Is he? Constantly. And kills multiple people with carrots, in some, one way or another. It is hilarious. It is a ridiculous... Ridiculous action movie, like Crank Crank 2 level, not quite okay. Crank 2 levels, but just a v- absolutely over-the-top ridiculous, could never happen in real life, and it knows it. It is a live-action cartoon, and it's okay. trying to be. There, there's a deleted scene on the DVD, <laughs> yes, I own, the, I, I own this movie on DVD, 
where he runs into a blind alley and is being pursued by pursuers who are generally mm-hmm. the people who pursue you. Usually. And has a baby on his back and he's trapped in the alley. So he runs towards the end wall of the alley, shoots handholds in it, and then climbs up the wall as he's shooting more handholds to get over it. That's just stupid. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, plus, did I mention he kills multiple people with carrots? Yes, you did, yeah. you did <laughs> mention okay. that. Um, so that's one I would mention. Whenever I think Kurt Russell... Um, Stargate? I, all the Stargate? I, I obviously think Swiss Family Robinson. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going... I, I do like Swiss Family Robinson, but was that even him or was that another... There was, a couple, was there was a couple of those child actors who grew up to be regular actors, adult actors. He was one of the Disney kids. I don't know if he was in yeah. that one or not. But regardless, I think um, Grindhouse and Death Proof, where he yeah, essentially you, played I know you love, yeah. evil Snake Plissken, and his performance in that movie is fantastic. Well, at that point, you could, you might as well just say Kurt Russell movies, period, and a sentence. Uh, you, I'm sure you can find some stinkers in there. Just like Stargate. Oh, uh, Stargate. I like Stargate. You know, I like Stargate. It's kind of a goofy sci-fi movie, but... I wouldn't I like say concept. goofy. I'd say strap in for Dune-level excitement. <laughs> I like Dune. I do not the too. movie, but I like, the, I like Dune. Yeah, but it's not exactly exciting. Like, it's, no. it's, it's no. like, here's sci-fi. Chew on that for yeah. a while. <laughs> this is some... Vi- this, is, this is very fibrous sci-fi. Exactly. It's sci-fiber. We're going to sci-fiber. From now on, it's sci-fiber. Um, <laughs> I like that term. Oh. We're coining that. So what else? Like video games? You got the Warriors video game, of course. I was thinking <laughs> the of um, uh, that. I heard that flopped. This, I heard that flopped hard. But not critically. I think critically it was actually very well received. Really, and people okay. just didn't care thirty years later about a Warriors. Oh, that's video. the other thing. But I definitely thought a lot when watching this movie of the Saints Row series of games. There are some missions which directly yeah, parody we were about things that. in this movie. There are your Asian inspired gangs, although they're more Korean and Chinese, uh, Japanese inspired, like tech gangs. But they still remind me of that one gang at the airport who shows up like two other times in the entire movie. There's a lot of factions working for each other in this yeah. movie. Definitely that. I mean, uh, San Francisco movies, you, you run into things like Star Trek IV. Or, well, that's that, if you want to relate to San Francisco. Yes, or what's the Rising Sun, which I know is heavily criticized for the way it portrays the Japanese in San I Francisco. I read the. I don't think I've ever seen the movie. I read the book as a teenager. I remember liking the book, but I've, like I said, I've never seen the movie. I, I'm just a big Michael Crichton fan. Yeah. But so, so what else? What else? Video games, books, movies. TV so shows. I there was one thing that I was considering, and this goes back to the last time we had my friend Mike on the cast, and when we were talking about, I guess books is what it was, and I I fought it. I fought it for so long. And then there's, but there's another podcast that's been talking about them, and so I'm like, all right, fine, maybe I'll give them a shot. And it's the Dresden books, the and Dresden I, Files. Yes, and the prospect of sex vampires and him running around on like a giant T Rex. I don't know. It's it, and it, that's the campiest, the campiness aspect of it, because and we were talking about this before, and apparently that was the intent that this would become. Uh, a serial, if not a series of movies of some form. Probably. I mean, it certainly feels like it should be. And we know that there's going to be a comic book starting this summer. Yes, exactly. Um, of Big Trouble in Little China. I don't know if it'll be called that. Mm-hmm. It should be called Jack Burton is Confused by Things. <laughs> um, 
the continuing misadventures. Yeah, Jack, of, uh, Burton, Jack Burton stumbles into magical adventures. Yes, <laughs> Jack Burton's magical misadventures. And, and I think we'll both at least check it out. Oh, definitely, because it is. And another thing that reminds me of this in a, in that tone is Zombieland, where it feels like this was supposed to be a setup for more. And Zombieland was supposed to be a setup for more, and they tried to launch the Amazon series, and, and that, it was terrible. That failed miserably. You know, so, and that's what I picked up from this, was that this was supposed to be something else, because there wasn't resolution to it. And not the little bit at the end, but just in general, that it was going to continue, and obviously, I guess they haven't for how many years, until the, yeah, the comic's supposed to finally come out. Yeah, nearly nearly, uh, 30, so. Yeah, that's a long, yeah. It's it's a year older than I am. Uh, So that's it on my mind for recommendations. Yeah, that's pretty much what I can think of as well. So at this point, we're going to talk in full spoilers, so if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, pause this right now, or stop it completely. Go watch the movie, it's on Netflix, most people have a Netflix account, or something similar where you can probably find it. Come back, and uh, we'll talk about it in full. So, uh, there was a couple things we brought up in the first part of the lake, we'll save this, but... I don't think he's going after the girl at all. In the moment, at some okay, point, yeah, he's like, so we're going you're straight here, into the so I'll make out right. with you. But aside from that, even at the end, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave. Yeah, and I think after not even consummating that relationship at all, he's just like, yeah, you, you were there, so we rescued you, but uh, I got my money now, so I'm gone. No, but, all right, he was definitely at least strongly nudging it, then quitting it. Like, but I don't even know if he did that. He did the whole final fight scene with makeup on his lips. Like, <laughs> I think it was blood. No, it was her lipstick for oh, them right, making out right. on the elevator. But still, that's it. Okay. Yeah, you're right. And he didn't kiss her goodbye. He didn't do all those things. That doesn't mean he wasn't interested in saving her. She was interested in saving him. I don't know about the other way around. Because let's let's remember that he went up to her, like that was the introduction she had to the movie, was him hitting on her. There was definitely pursuing an interest there, not just the money. I, I'm not saying he had no interest in her. I'm saying in the end, his motivation not to save her. Yeah, because in the moment, yes, but... The call of the open road. The desire. <laughs> There's not that much subtext in this movie, Pierce. No, but there, there is a but. I, that's too deep. But I think that's the point where he. it's the hit it and quit it thing. He was interested, but he's but not going to But only because she happened down. to be there. Be, yes. But that doesn't change his motivation for still wanting to save her. You know, he's clearly a good guy. If he wasn't a good guy, he wouldn't have saved all those girls that were in prison. Well, again, I'm not saying that he's not a good guy in some sense. He's too simple to be evil. But it's just when certain things are around him, he will react to them, because that's all he does in this movie is react. And he'll go, oh, I'm saving the one person, so I'll save all the other people who are here as well. It's not his goal, though. It's not his motivation. He he just happens to use those things because they're there. No, I still think, I stand by that it was, it's a strong enough motivation for him. I'm not saying it's a majority share. I I definitely would say a large portion of that is the money, but, and I disagree with that too. I think another large portion of it is he just genuinely wants to help his friend out. I think he could have just been like, hey, give me the money while I'm out, and not continually stepped in and just been right next to him. He could have been like that, what was the, the guy's name, Eddie, the dude in the horrible jackets, uh, probably. I think so. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, yeah. I did comment that that was some of the worst jackets ever. Oh, they were tr- they were atrocities. 
you know, he could have been like Eddie and just kind of sat in the car a lot of times. No, he was the one that st- it was like, no, I'm going with you. I think he genuinely well, but he cared about his, get his truck back. He I needs mean, his money. He needs his truck back. He has he nothing. Know, other he than didn't know where the truck was. Uh, he was going to. No, help I think a they friend. told. He said, "Where's my truck?" And was like, "They have it now." Okay, I think he was told but that, that earlier. That's on. not why he went into the white tri- the white tiger brothel. Yeah, he, he, the truck was already gone at that point. No, yeah, but he didn't go into the white tiger brothel for the truck. He went in to help his friend. Because if he didn't help his friend, he wouldn't get his money. His friend is just means but to end friend, of money. His be- friend even said, I won't have the money to pay you because I have to buy my fiancé back. Right, if this whole thing doesn't work out. Well, no, the plan was just to buy her. The plan was not to karate chop their way out of the White Tiger place. It was just to buy her to beard in a sentence. I don't think that's what they actually ended up trying to do. I think that well, was that's not an what idea happened. that was floated, and he was like, no, I'll go in and get because, her the money. Because before they had the chance to do that, lightning <laughs> tendrils came down. Yes, and the, the, the storms come in yeah. uh, with their giant hats and, and kidnap her from themselves, essentially. Yeah, which is really confusing, but whatever. So, uh, what else? What else spoiler stuff? Why <laughs> the bad guy's main temple room is covered in neon lights? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, just neon it's all this over. ancient Chinese-inspired room that also looks like it's in the center of a mall, right down to the fact yep. that there is running out of a giant skull an escalator. Escal- yeah, <laughs> Yep, a neon-lined escalator. With a neon-lined skull and a neon-lined, it wasn't Buddha, but some Chinese Shit, deity yeah. thing with like eight, six, six arms, I think. Well, and, and that's the thing, like, I don't, I, I'm not really familiar with, with, uh... Chinese religions and the and the areas of everything, but there was Buddha. But the statue looked very uh, hin, Hindu. It looked a little Shiva. Yeah, exactly. But that would I mean, it could be that they were just mixing their exactly. Their and I'm, I can't but. really say. Ah, oh, big trouble! Little China did not have an accurate depiction of Chinese religion. Like you know, clearly it's 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 all in in humor. But yeah, so it was just really. Oh my word. And I don't know why anyone needs that many Buddha statues everywhere, <laughs> especially someone evil. I don't know why someone so evil would just be like, "Yeah, Buddha is the." Oh, try to balance out his karma. <laughs> I yeah, please the I furies because there's a whole lot about pleasing the furies, and his furies were out of balance. And as we all know, when your furies are out of balance, you're cursed to live out your days as a partly ethereal. Okay, thing. so that was actually one thing we were going to talk about before the ethereal thing. So he got cursed, and you're like, "Well, why doesn't he just go to?" Like, Ireland. If apparently any green-eyed woman will be fine. Yeah. So he'd been in America a couple hundred years at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, they said he was cursed in, like, 230-something B.C. Chinese clearly didn't come to America at that point, um, in recorded history at least. Um, He came over with, I guess, somehow he came over with uh, the Chinese who were seeking the gold in the gold rush and worked on the transcontinental. Yeah. Uh, Worked on the transcontinental railroad is a very poor way to phrase the, the... torturous yes, extremes the, the, yeah. they were pushed to. Don't get don't get me wrong. I don't want to minimalize it as they worked on it. It was a horrifying experience for many But that's viewers. also how the movie phrased it. Is right. That, yeah. Right. Uh, they kind of made it more of a, we're so great we built the railroads, instead of a, we were enslaved yeah. in this terrible thing. And yes, it's a great railroad. And I, think, but, and I think they did a good job of that because the, you know, the character says that the, the egg guy, the bus driver, mystic dude, uh, basically is all like, look what we were able to accomplish because we saved our pennies and worked our budget. Yeah, they're kind of reclaiming, yeah. you know, yes, horrible things they phrase to us, it, but... They frame it in a, in we a positive manner, yeah. So with that, the way I took it was the curse is either he gets to be exactly like he was when he got cursed, 
but he's ethereal and can't touch anything. Was or, he that old when he was cursed? Because he's freaking old. Or do you mean the ethereal ghost the version? The ethereal ghost version. He can revert to the way he looked like when he was when he was uh, cursed. Okay. But he's ethereal. Or he can be like he would be at that age. I guess that's what a 2,000-year-old dude looks <laughs> like. I don't know. He looked really creepy and horrifying. One of the only people I've ever seen with balds, with who's balding from their beard. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've seen people with patchy beards. I have one myself. But I mean, of an old person where it's like, they're starting to go bald in the beard area. Yeah, it was really, it was, it was yeah. wisps. And the way, and I know it was clearly a, a lot of heavy, you know, age makeup, but it just looked... Something with the eyes, just the way they the the fake skin shifted, it was really creepy. That was my understanding. So he he was either trapped as an old man, or got to be younger but couldn't touch anything. Okay. And the curse was he had to marry a green eyed chick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Following all of this so far, the the green. In case people are confused, because it was highly confusing. Um, I saw I slightly <laughs> there, so I apologize. That. It had to be a certain green-eyed woman because she had to be able to touch the the flame sword thing that was just a ball. There was no sword at all. I was confused by that. Well, no, they were holding onto the swords, and then they had to survive holding the swords and reaching over and touching the ball thing. Okay, which that was all some ceremony was yeah. vague. And then if they survived that, they were the appropriate girl for the sacrifice, who he had to marry, but. Kill in order to become corporeal. Following all that. Yes. Um, And I understand that, but so he's so worried that not only does she have to survive the challenge, but you have to find a green eyed girl in the first place. That's really rare among Chinese culture. Yes. Fine. Totally cool. So you got thousands upon thousands of green eyed women across the world. Yeah. Shouldn't you just be kidnapping them and, granted, this is an evil plan here, but shouldn't you be kidnapping them and just running a gauntlet of try passing the test until you find one? Yeah, but eventually people would start realizing that green eyed girls in. San Francisco are starting to disappear. So go to Ireland. You can't put that together if every girl's green-eyed. I One, I think now we're being racist to Irish people. Well, but, yes, there are other eye colors in Ireland, but I'm saying it's much more common. And clearly I, everybody in San Francisco knew what was going on anyway, because everywhere he no, turned, just, he's like, what's going on? I'm like, oh no, it's just this. He kidnaps green-eyed no, girls. not everyone, just the people in Chinatown. Like, Okay, fine. But still, it was pretty common knowledge to the area. Oh, there's just a big gang battle in the street. Who's the ethereal dude? Oh, that's just Lopan. That David Lopan, that's just a thing he does. Also, he's over 2,000 years, Chinese man, whose first name is David? That's what? Part, David Lopan. I mean, I get it if he's from the I'm century. Sure that was just a, 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 a name he'd adopted. Yeah. Okay, fine. Because I'm sure that. every 50 years he has to change his name. and Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> I, I The other thing that bothered me is, why did Wind Dude... Just blow up. Wind like, dude. Oh, oh, yes, okay. So the, the, you got the three storms. Who each had an element. Did they? Oh, yes. The, one dude definitely had lightning, but the other two both seemed to have wind. I didn't notice any fire or water. Also, well, lightning, not one of the four elements traditionally, but that's it, it, I believe in, in Japanese it is. Well, this oh, is in, in oh, I'm sorry, in Asian, in Asian cultures. Okay, so... Because, fine. yeah, if, if a lot of video games have electricity. But n- none of the other two guys were using... His three enforcers, one guy had lightning, the other two kind of had vague wind. And it was more of them just going, whoom. But you didn't really see wind powers, it's just them making wind noises. Well, in the, in, the, in the beginning, when you first introduced them, that one, who ended up being the wind guy that exploded, did have fire. So, did he? Yeah, because he came out of the fire. The other one, oh, no, 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 because it was uh, smoke, 
and then it was water, and then it was electricity. Okay, but that's only in the one scene. They don't in the one back. scene, you're right. But so, Lopan is de- defeated. Spoilers. We are in the spoiler yeah. section. That causes a minor earthquake to happen, but it yeah. doesn't cause anything to happen to, I think two of the storms are still alive at this point. One has been defeated, possibly. Other two are still running around. Yeah. And one of them, totally fine, until he's chasing them in the most comedic Benny Hill way possible. Yes, it was very Benny Hill inspired. But so, they, they, he chases them, and they get to the room where Lopan is dead. Then he sees Lopan, yeah. and then his entire also, wait, body... wait, wait, I gotta interrupt, because he did chop a wiener dog cat thing in half. With his hand, like, like he just karate he was chops... Just, he was like, ah, oh, I'm so angry right now, The karate statue, chop. he just runs over, stops... Karate chops it and then continues his chase. I don't, he was just annoyed, I guess. Yes. But so then his entire body, once he sees dead Lopan, starts to inflate like a balloon, and then he explodes with a green flash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, he doesn't die because his master died. He dies because he happens to notice yeah. that his master died. And then the other guy continues and they fight him. See, I was but really, none of the other guys explode like I that. I was really hoping he would just kind of notice it. Be like, oh, cool. And then just walk away. <laughs> like he's like well my job is done here yeah or my he, life debt is paid yeah, or exactly. whatever um, you also have various monsters you have a fish spider thing which shows up for less than 10 seconds <laughs> you have a floating eyeball covered in eyeballs yeah, like called a, behold- a guardian yeah like a beholder but tiny it's kind of a re- remote viewing magical device yeah. thing and then you have Chinese skunk ape Chinese Sasquatch, yeah. Bigfoot, Yeti thing? It, 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 its mouth didn't even move. No, like, it kind of looked like bad it a was. furry predator. <laughs> a little. Yeah, it was It was really bad. It, it, that, was, that was the low point of the movie. Because like, it, it really no, did not need, have a place in the no movie. It had no purpose. It served nothing except for that little tidbit at the very end. Yeah, it was probably, honestly, the only reason it was there, to yeah. set up, oh, Jack Burton will return yeah. fighting a Chinese skunk ape. Yeah. So, what else do we have to say about this movie, Pierce? I, I mean, I think, despite the fact that we're going, this doesn't make sense, what was this? This was weird. We had a ton of fun watching this yeah. movie. and I think that's the thing. Like, there have been a couple of these movies now. This, um, Once Upon a Time in the West, where we're like, we pick it apart, but we're like, no, this was still really good. This was very different, though, in that Once Upon a Time in the West was slow... And yep. methodical and full of <laughs> subtext. And I think this had more subtext than you think. <laughs> no. It it was shallower than, than a puddle. <laughs> uh, no, no. But but it was more that we were just like, this is beautifully shot and everything. Whereas this movie, we were just engaged laughing at it the whole time. But laughing yeah. because of jokes and things that were supposed to be funny. Whereas the things we were laughing at in Once Upon a Time in the West were just weird. Yep. Just weird spaghetti western choices. Rolling around on the bed, crying for forever. That was a horrible scene. But both movies were like, for very different reasons, at least yeah, for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know. No, same reasons. <sighs> Lovable main characters, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we have anything else to say about uh, this movie? I feel like there was, there was so many things we pointed out that were horrible inconsistencies. And I can't remember what they are now. Well, point. just <laughs> things like Lopan loves in his fortress doors behind doors, kind yeah. of like the beginning of Get Smart, where it'd just be like you open a door only to find another door. Or there was the, <laughs> the they get in an elevator in the kind of in oh, the this, be, beginning of the yeah. second act, and they're going to go down into the into the bowels of his fortress, and then the elevator stops and the lights go out, and then water starts coming in under the door like they're, they're, it's being flooded. Okay, but they're halfway down this elevator shaft. So, yeah. And now the original plan was to pop the gate on the top of the elevator shaft and, and then climb out. Climb out. And my question is, 
wouldn't that make their first plan easier? Yes, I thought the same thing. Just let the water carry you up to where you to go because you were just worried then, about being yeah, greasy. And then punch it. Yeah, like so the water comes in and comes up to their neck and comes over their head. So at that point, they're able to force the elevator doors open. Yeah. At, my only thought was, I guess it's supposed to be like equalizing pressure on a car door that's going underwater, except that's not how elevator doors work, or water no. pressure, or physics. But regardless, they force it open into a room that's already flooded and filled with water and has been that way many times before because there's dead bodies hanging from hooks covered in crabs. Covered in crabs. That's the confusing part. Who put the crabs there? So this room is always flooded and always dripping into the elevator shaft? Or did they purposely let water into the elevator shaft and it is watertight? Who who thought, you know what this dead room full of dead people needs? Crabs. Oh, I'm assuming the crabs just found their way in through the water system and were eating the dead bodies. So the San Francisco water system has crabs in it? Sure. So it's a bay. It's okay. got seals okay. everywhere. Okay. That's that's true. But let's also think and about as we all this. know, seals and crabs go together like peanut butter oh, and chocolate. <laughs> that's actually <laughs> kind of true, I guess. Ish. My problem with that is, all right, there had to be what, like ten bodies in there, ish. All right, sure. Each in that room alone, there was a bunch each, of different torture each, chamber each rooms. Each one probably had a crab on it. Yeah. Well, it okay. was very set dress, okay. yes. Well, that's true. Are you so, assuming that they tied this body there and put one crab on each one and let the crabs kill them slowly over no, time? No, 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 no. Just well, yeah, pinching them to death? Okay, because here's, here's my problem with this. If you're saying, oh, crabs just get into the system. Okay. That is a very specific network of tunnels those crabs would have to crawl through, okay? The amount of crabs that there would have to be in the San Francisco system, you'd have to turn your tap on. No, all you need to do is let a couple fertilized eggs come in and they hatch there. That's still a whole network to get all the way specifically into that room. Ten crabs. Now, you want to talk about bizarre tunnels. How about they crawl through this under... The fish tunnels. Cave system to get in, you know, basically the back door. It's like there was apparently earthquakes a thousand years ago during recorded history, by the way, where the whole earth was turned upside down. Well, that's also their point is all all elevators just go down in the movie. There's no elevator that goes up at any given point. Well, it's also because the building is underground. <laughs> well, but the point is they always keep going down. Like, but, how do they do this? So they're crawling through this tunnel, or not even tunnels, just cave systems yeah. and cave systems over these lakes. And eventually, there's, they find this opening, which looks kind of like a cave opening, but they slide down it, and when they get to the other side, it's a pipe. So there's a yeah. pipe in the rock. At the bottom of the pipe, there is a huge pile of fish. Like, people have been taking fish, throwing them into the top of the pipe, and the fish have been then <laughs> let down into this room where you, where you butcher... I don't know if you butcher fish. I think they said it was you a fillet stock them, room. You they stock them, stock or whatever, room. you freeze them, whatever. Who is taking yes. all these fish through the cave of nightmares for miles underground to dump them into this pipe? Like, yeah, and it and the tunnels are so small you have to crawl. Yeah. Like you have to be crawling with fish. I was like, how does this make any sense? Why would this happen? Why? Like, and then, and then. Oh, that's immediately followed by the dudes in either the dudes in the armor or the living statues, whatever they were. Yeah, we weren't one hundred percent sure. Okay, and then Kurt they're Russell, certainly dressed up just like yeah. the statues, but they're taller. Kurt Russell ends up killing one by leaning backwards, pushing his knife through his boot, and then stabbing it in the gut, which was a smart move. Yeah, but then he acts like he's trapped for five minutes yeah. until he just wait. leans over a little bit and lets <laughs> it fall over. Yeah, 
and you're like you're like a turtle that can't flip over. Like it's like the scene in Prometheus or any other movie where somebody's being chased by something rolling. I mean, like, the giant rolling thing that you could run sideways. Why don't you from? just run sideways ten feet instead yeah. of running for a mile forwards? Just get out of the way. I, I that bothered me so much in Prometheus. Like I I could not feasibly understand that. Like, why do you think running... Like, even at an angle. Angle would be okay, because it gives you more time. I... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like fighting Undertow. <sighs> you go at an angle perpendicular to the beach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you make your way in. Um, word. But it's still very funny, very yeah, enjoyable exactly. movie. All these things were probably intentional. I wouldn't say to a Kubrickian level of, like, uh, The Shining, where the, the, the hotel actually couldn't exist the way it's portrayed. Because the geography is purposefully made so it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I think it was there as jokes as, why would this be like that? Because it's or, funny. Yeah, or they didn't care enough. Or they didn't yeah. care. But uh, the, the soundtrack is very John Carpenter. Um, it's oh. exactly what you're expecting. Yeah. Love it. Great Any stuff. Any terrible movie, yeah. Be, be well, no, but, but very specifically, John Carpenter's known for his style. And a lot of terrible B-movies aped his style because it was easy to do. Those very simple synth lines that you see in all those Escape from New York, Escape from L.A., The Thing, all, all those Carpenter yeah. movies and stuff. I think he did all those. He might have not done Escape from L.A. But still, I mean, he's a director who does his own soundtracks, like Robert Rodriguez or something like this. and Or scores, I should say, technically. And... Um, yeah, that's exactly what you're expecting. That's great. So, if you, I'm assuming if you're older than us, you've probably seen Big Trouble in Little China. But if you haven't, uh, yeah. go check it out. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Give it a shot. And uh, we've already kind of spoiled it. So the next one of these will be Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club by John Hughes. Awesome movie. And we have Dave on that episode to talk yes. about it. Yes, we do. So uh, stay tuned. That'll show up in a few weeks, probably on the on the feed. And we hope you enjoy it. Yeah. So this has been Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N. Or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830. And just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan, F-R-M, Jersey. And iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out hhwlod.com for lots of great content just like it.